0: Hello and welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins. I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for landlords and property investors to come and build profitable mixed use and commercial property portfolios that completely align with their goals. If you want to find out more about that, you must head to ncrealestate.com. Dot uk everyone let's celebrate we made it to the end of 2021 this is so strange to be doing my last podcast of the year after this one we're taking a two-week break and i'll be back in january um wow it's been yet another year i felt like i've spent most of my time this year in my office which i have because you know for a very long time we were on lockdown Uh, i've seen some friends i've seen some family throughout the year it makes me realize how special it is every time i get to see them um but i'm so grateful for technology being able to give us the ability to talk um It's been a great year. I mean, it's been a great year for my business. It's been a great year for growing my property portfolio. It's been a great year for learning. I mean, wow, so much is going down. And I know traditionally at this time of year, I do a bit of a Christmas podcast, but I was feeling a bit reflective. If you listen to last week's podcast, then you will know that um, I was reflecting on all the big business mistakes. That I've made setting up my business because it's quite good to go through that and see how hindsight has taught me some very good lessons. Um, but I thought this year, just to f- or this week, sorry, just to finish off, what I'm going to say do is the risks I've taken to become the end of 2021 version of Natasha. Because to not to blow my own trumpet. Which I don't always do. I have done a huge amount in order to get where I am and how I'm finishing off this year strong. And it means that I've had to take a huge amount of risks, a huge amount of chances, a huge amount of things, Uh, just like made some decisions that meant that I moved forward, even though I didn't know what I was doing. And so if you've been listening to me for a while, Thank you. Like, I really appreciate that, That that's fantastic. Um, If you're new here, go back and listen to all of my old goodness. Um, But I thought at this time of the year, it's about time that I started recognising what I actually have to do in order to slowly move along that kind of success trajectory. And it's, I'm not always successful. In the things that I do, I am not always successful. I have to point that out. And it's not down to luck, why things happen for me. It tends to be down to consistency, perseverance, and what matters the most. And then I make sure that that happens. And so what I wanted to share with you is some of the things that I think I do to move myself forward. And you can think about how you could incorporate similar or do you already do similar and you do the things I say that I do and they don't work out I mean not all of this stuff works out for me either but I think it's these these bigger risks that I've taken which actually ultimately make the difference between being a success or not being a success so I wanted to run through these with you today and it's in no particular order I have been journaling on this for the past week or so, just trying to think of what it is, what the main things that make me ultimately move those step, that step closer to success. So the first thing is, I've always said yes to moving to new cities, even if it's been excruciatingly terrifying. I don't find moving around the world easy. I'm going to put that out there. And at any point in time, whenever I've moved, I've kind of felt like, is this going to be the the point that makes me feel irrelevant? Or actually, am I just going to suck it up and continue to, to share my strengths and what I can do and offer a service? And ultimately, I've had to work really hard on sucking it up. And I'm very hard on myself when I move, like incredibly hard on myself. Um, because I feel like I can't offer the same thing or the same um, service maybe I'm on a different time zone how that's going to work but eventually I fall into a new rhythm and it helps expand my horizons because I meet new people I um, have new opportunities I explore new ways of thinking and I cannot stress enough how important that is now moving itself Yeah, stressful. Um, But seeing new opportunities and seeing chance to figure out new ways of working in this world could not be any more grateful for the opportunities that I've had to do that. And that means that I've got contacts all over the world now, which is incredible. Number two, I've started hiring team members before I'm ready, just so in the event of a rainy day or an ill day or a day something happens, I've got people who can take over from me competently. Hiring before you're ready, and as I say, said in last week's podcast, I did try and expand this business too quickly when I first started. But right now, I feel like I have enough of a client base, enough um, customers, where I do need that team around me just in case. Um, this week, I had. A really bad infection, and was in hospital for a couple of hours yeah um, and I had a team who stepped out in and supported me now i don't tell everybody about that, and I have to be honest with you and say that i'm when it comes to my health and family matters, so things with Chris um, and my immediate family, I'm very private about it um, and that's just because I like to internalize and sort things out in my own time before sharing with other people. That's always been how I've been. I don't like to make a massive fuss about things. I need to get things straight in my head before I share. But hiring and learning to be a manager and a CEO has been so vital to my success. I can't do everything on my own. I really can't. Um, I wouldn't be able to have the size of business I have right now if I was on my own. I wouldn't be able to have my fingers in so many Pies, if I was on my own. So, as I could see my client base expanding, I've always hired. And that's scary because you have to put someone else on your payroll. But at the same time, that person that you bring in, if you choose the right person, they are such an asset to your team that they make you money um, and they make the company money. And it means that it frees me up to increase the service that we offer. And that is awesome. Um, Number three, I've entered into business agreements with no terms of engagement or shareholders agreements, been burned and cried, but still persevered. This made me giggle. Um, And this, it comes from my husband, Chris, saying you have done some silly things in business before. And those risks mean that you now have a watertight business. So my current business structures are completely like robust. I'm trying to get, as I said last week, I'm trying to get out of one business structure. I didn't have a shareholder's agreement. Really bad idea, everybody. But I took that risk and I've learned from it. And that showed me how to set up a business. I'm not advocating ever doing that again. I would never, ever go into business with someone else without my solicitor around or my accountant around. Never, ever, ever. But I learned a valuable lesson as to how to set up a business really well. You know, my current business, NC, Natasha Collins Real Estate Limited, trading as NC Real Estate, you know, does incredibly well. So things like that, you know, I've learned from that. I took a massive risk. I didn't actually realize when I was in my mid 20s how much of a risk I was taking, but I've taken that risk. And Here I am with a stronger business at the other side. It wasn't the first business I ever set up that did really well. It wasn't the second business I set up that did really well. It was the third business when I got that experience. So taking the risk and just starting, maybe it won't work out, but sometimes it does and you learn from it. The next risk, I've purchased property without seeing it. That's a pretty standard thing for me to do. I know that a lot of people can't fathom why I would do that. Sometimes you just got to move forward with the deal. The numbers stack, the numbers stack. Simple as um, if a, my mom or a family member goes and sees something or my structural engineer goes and sees something and tells me everything's okay, I just believe them that everything's okay. Why would they say otherwise? You know, in, in property, as long as no one has died, you always get to move forward. You know, I'm not one of these people who gets bogged down by analysis paralysis. And that is mainly because... I don't have the time to. Um, I'm very good at making decisions. Now, that has taken me a long time to get to. But I've realized that if I don't make a decision, I don't move forward. And I always do the what is the worst thing that can happen to me. Well, the worst thing that can happen is I sell the property. You know, and I make a loss and that's going to be rubbish. But I know that I can dig myself out of holes. Right. So if that's the worst thing that can happen what is the best thing that can happen? And then I start aiming to go after the best thing that can possibly happen. See, there's a risk. It's not something that everybody would do, you know, and you have to stay within your own comfort zone. But for me, that's the only way of been able to grow my property portfolio because I can't see every property. I'm not always there. I've spent my last 18 pounds on Prosecco and chocolate cake in an act of effort defiance that suggested to the universe, I'll get it back one of my good friends reminded me of this she said to me do you remember the risk that you took when you spent all the money in your bank account just on enjoying yourself (laughs) oh gosh um why because I needed to let off steam I needed to tell myself that I was okay and that everything would be okay this was Probably back in 2017, when things weren't going quite as well as my business, I'd invested a lot of money into my business. It wasn't taking off as quickly as I wanted it to. And I was running out of money. Luckily, I had a property portfolio um, that was going to give me an income at some point, but between like the middle of the month and the end of the month, I had no money left in my bank account. Um, and rather than sitting there and worried about it, I had some chocolate cake and some Prosecco and thought, well, here you are again, Natasha, at the end of your bank account. It's probably not the last time you'll be here. It's certainly not the first time you've been here and you've always managed to get yourself out of it. So what are you going to do? Celebrate that yet again, you have messed up and you've spent all your money on things where you're not seeing immediate returns. Cheers. I have a habit of doing that. When the going gets really, really tough, I just have to surrender. Just like, all right, this ship is either going down or it's staying (laughs) and just ride out the storm. What else can you do? I've kind of, I've got the mindset now that I've learned over the last couple of years that just because I've run out of money occasionally in my life doesn't mean that I've died. So because I've got my brain, I can always go again. And that, has given me the confidence to get up and go. And I've always put security measures in the background as well. And I realized that me investing in property was actually my security blanket. So, whilst there's money coming in with my property portfolio, I can always move forward and I might not get money every single day, but there's a little bit of money and I can build on that again. I don't have parents that pay me anything out have family members that give me any money or prop me up when I make these mistakes um yeah I now have a husband but at the time I did not um so I had to just sort it out myself it's quite liberating it's terrifying um but the risks that I take to spend my money and then know that I'm going to make money in return oh <sighs> Let me tell you, we all get to the end of our bank accounts sometimes. And touch wood, I'm in a good place right now where that hasn't happened in a very long time. But it's not to say that it won't happen again. You know, times can get tough at any point in time. No matter how many savings you've got or any of that, times can get tough. So being able to mentally cope with that was a massive, massive skill that I've learned. And that's what has got me to here. You know, as long as I'm not down and out, I can go again. Next up, I've told my employer where to F themselves because they don't practice what they preach. Okay, this one just makes me laugh because I've become quite assertive with the people who employ me to do things if it's not part of my own business. And the reason being is because I really do value my time and if you tell me that you stand for something, and I'm working for you on the basis that you stand for something, and then you turn around and you don't stand for that anymore, hmm, um, I'm going to say something, and I really firmly believe in that. Actually, my my morals and my standards are something that I do not bend on. I've Got quite high standards quite high morals I believe that people firmly should be looked after and that if you say you're going to do something then you do it and if you don't do what you say you're going to and you've contracted with me to do that expect my wrath and that actually means I'm setting boundaries and that means that I know what I'm doing and what I'm not doing and that's become really again liberating it's such a nice frame of mind right you know I will live up to what I say I'm going to do you just live up to what you say you're going to do and everything is absolutely fine but if that doesn't happen then great I can say something you know um and that means that I stopped taking rubbish lying down I come across very nice and I'm always coming across very nice but I have eyes. I have a brain. I know what's going on. and I'm very good at reading between the lines and I will not be messed around. Now, of course, there's had to be loads of things in the interim that happen to make sure that I learn those life lessons. I keep learning. You know, sometimes my judgment is wrong, but for the most part, I like to think I make sensible decisions and I can see what's going on. And if you're not telling me the truth. I can see that or I'm going to get myself out of it. And that has helped me like stand up to what I believe in. And that is one of the keys to being successful. It's not always all about money. Sometimes it's your attitude towards people, entities, businesses. Which leads me on to the next point, which is where I've sent assertive emails setting boundaries to people in the industry who are apparently well-respected. God knows why. I have come up with the realization at the end of this year that I don't need to always be on social media to grow my business. I don't need to be networking with these influential people. I don't need to be doing any of that as long as I I am doing what makes me happy and what builds my business in a way that's right to me. And I will not... will not bend to people who think they're good just because they've got a massive social media following or they think they've got this big business or what have you. If you don't fit with what my brand does and what I do in business, you know, we don't need to be in the same circle. So many people say to me, do you know so-and-so? And And I go, no, I've never heard of them. And they're like, how do you not hear of them? Because I don't go looking for them. You know, as I said last week, I network purposefully. I don't go and network with people who, you know, I can leverage their following or I can leverage this about them. I'm not all about leveraging stuff from people. I'm about making solid connections that, you know, will stand the test of time. I want friends. I want connections who I trust. Like that for me is really important. I'm not just trying to schmoozy on in with people to leverage what they've got. Just I haven't got time. I don't really care. And half the time, those sorts of people. Talk utter BS. Utter BS. I've had some really big names on this podcast at the beginning of the year. Bloody hell, they talk shite. Sorry for the swearing. Um, You know, and then all they want from me afterwards is can I come and get involved with your clients or can you give me your clients' details? No. Hell no. One of the biggest things that I could. Um, that I could do wrong to my clients is, is give their details to any of these people who have no idea what they're doing. And I'll be very honest with these people about it. Maybe they'll fall out with me, maybe they won't. I don't care. I literally don't care. But just because we've had a conversation on my podcast or you've invited me on your podcast does not mean you then get access to my clients. And I'm not expecting access to your clients either. I'm just expecting to have a conversation. And that for me is a principle of mine, you know, I work hard to look after my clients, I will always work hard to look after my clients, you know, we will do what it takes to make sure our clients are happy in every single situation, right, so having someone who tries to BS around, or doesn't quite know what they're doing, but thinks that they just want to make money, it's not happening on my watch, not happening on my watch, And so from that point of view, I'm just very assertive, I say no, It looks like you're trying to take advantage of me and my clients. We're not playing. Next up, risks I've taken. I've sent emails out promoting my services and then actually run away from my computer because I'm scared of rejection, but done it anyway. The amount of times I've run away from my computer because I've hit send on something or I've done something and actually it's yielded really good results. I am terrified and I do things anyway whenever I'm scared, I know it's the right thing to do. Right. Had to start getting into that mindset. It's really, really important. Um, Next up, I've over-offered and over-delivered on all services. So basically made nothing all in the name of reputation building. Yeah. Yeah. Have I said that right? Over-offered. Hmm. Basically, I haven't charged enough for my services, but over-delivered and then made sure that I went to the end of the world for my clients. That was that. You know, and I think that's a risk that you take because you spend a lot of money. It means that you have to put additional time into building your business and doing more and more and more and more. But on the flip side, it means that you can show your strengths and by showing your strengths, people start to learn that you are actually good at what you say you're doing. Nowadays, I'm going to be very honest, I can't undercharge. I have got insurers on my back. I have got my regulatory body on my back. I have to charge a very, I have to charge a professionally appropriate fee to the level of work that I put in. But when I start started, you know, you do get time to just give it a go and just see what reputation you can build up. And I spent an awful lot of time doing that. Um, next up, learning what my strengths and weaknesses are and really telling people what I'm good at and then also where my limits are. Very honest about things. I'm very good at strategy. I'm very good at innovative thinking. I'm very good at thinking on the spot of how we can resolve a problem. And in property, I always think that there is a solution and there is, don't get me wrong. There's always a solution, right? Here's what I'm not good at. Developments. Don't have the patience for it because I don't like being out in sight. Um, and I also, we don't collect any money for clients in-house whatsoever, right? We don't do that. That's not for us. Uh, there are services out there that will do that for you. Um, and I'll be honest about that. You know, similarly, we don't do things like rent to rent, don't believe in it. It's not something that we do or we promote, um, I am very straight and narrow asset management. That's what we are fantastic at over here. And that's what my team are fantastic at over here. And we stay in our lane. Now we do do commercial and mixed use properties. We do do residential and commercial. And that's because with commercial usually comes residential and vice versa. So you have to know about both. You can't just be one or the other. Otherwise that really does narrow your market too um, too small. But there you go. That's what you, you know, you know you're coming to us for strategy. You know you're coming to us to look after you and look after your property portfolio and come up with innovative ideas of growing it. That's what we do. Um, I invested 30K from a remortgage into starting up my business. So rather than buying another property, which property investors would do, took the money out of my portfolio, put it into NC Real Estate and starting it up. um, It was hard. It was really, really hard. It was not easy. Um, And I've only just got that money back (laughs) like five years later. Um, But at the time, was it a stupid idea? Maybe. I had no idea. I could have just lost it. Um, But now, is it a stupid idea? No. It's a brilliant idea. I just had to keep persevering. I don't know anybody else who would have done that would kept the money in the bank and then be analysing paralysis paralysis over property investments. But for me, that was really important. Building a firm of surveyors that actually represented what the property industry does. And so that's what I did. Um, Next up, not caring what other people think is a good or bad investment in investing for me. Oh, yeah. You can tell me my investments are bad. You can tell me my investments are good. It really does not matter. I don't care. Um, I invest for me and only me. And I invest for my family. And I know what's going on in my family. And nobody else does know what's going on in my family because they are private. They get to stay out of everything. And so I share my property investments because I think it's a good thing to do. And I will share my decision-making process Whether you agree with me or not, it really doesn't matter. Really doesn't matter, you know? And I might not buy something and you might buy something and that should not matter to you either, right? I can give you my opinion and I can give you my professional knowledge and recommendations and you can take that or leave that. But what I don't do is worry about other people's opinions because trust me, if I, were, if I did or worried about every single thing that anybody else was telling me, I wouldn't be doing anything, <laughs> seriously. So in terms of investments, make your own decision, you know, have a little confidence that it's going to work out. What else can you do? What else can you do? Who cares if afterwards it's a so bad or good? You just change the investment my gosh, like we get options to go again in property, sell it, move on, buy something else, you haven't failed. I don't know what this thing is, is that you failed if you didn't hit a certain target, or this hasn't happened, or that hasn't happened. You haven't failed. My gosh, like the fact that you were able to buy something and flip it on, who cares? We make money in investments, we don't make money in investments. We always want to try and make money in investments, but you know. This commercial deal I've just done, I'm not gonna make anything until the middle of next year. Why? Because I've got to pay a load of people back for the money that I've borrowed. Is that the end of the world? No, at least I've got an asset. Would other people do it? Probably not, but that's okay. Do what you want to do and be brave, be confident. That's my biggest tip of advice. And finally, Understanding that people will complain when you try to sell them something, but your true clients will see your value. You don't have to be liked by everyone and that's okay. There you go. Coming to that understanding, you know, people say I tout for business a lot. Of course I've got business to grow. Why wouldn't I? You know, my services are excellent but no one's going to know about them if I don't shout about them. And sometimes I don't. I've not promoted any of my new things on today's podcast. Um, But also, I am allowed to promote my business because my business is how I make money. And to have a business, you have to make money. If you don't make money from your business, you don't have a business. You just have a charity. And it's as simple as that. And if people don't like that, they are not your customers. So there we have it. These are the things that the risks I've taken to become the end of 2021 version of Natasha. I hope you've enjoyed that. I enjoyed doing that. That was really cathartic. And um, all that's left for me to say is have a very Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Cheers to 2022. From here on out, you will find me On my sofa, in my pajamas, watching Christmas movies. I think that is the way I'm going to spend the end of my year. Um, We'll be back probably the second week in January. I'm gonna have a good bit of time off. I hope that you are going to have time off too. Why don't you reflect on the risks that you've taken to get to where you are today? Honestly, it's a really lovely exercise to just journal on that as well. See how you get on. Alright everybody, I'll catch you in the new year.